Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And at FCBC, here's how we say it. We live, we love, we serve. We live, we love, we serve. I got to say that again. We live, we love, we serve. That is who we are. Amen. Listen, I won't be before you long this morning. I want to uh, lift up a passage of scripture familiar to many of us in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. And and I'm for real, for real. I'm not going to be long this morning. All right. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. Here's the word of God. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version this morning. The word. The word came that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Come on, beloved, let's, let's pray. God, we thank you on today. We thank you on today. We begin, oh God, this prayer with gratitude because the truth is, oh God, you are worthy of that. The only reason we're living, we're breathing, we're moving is because of you, oh God. You are the source of our strength. You are the center of our lives. And we, oh God, can never, never honor you enough for that. So now, oh God, in this time that is ours to share, continue to pour in to our spirit. God, some of us are on E today. We feel depleted, weary, exhausted. But God, you are a well that never runs dry. So do what you need to do, oh God, to enliven us, empower us, and strengthen us for the journey that is before us. And while you do that, O God, 
We'll continue to lift your name high. We'll continue to sing praises. We'll continue to lean into worship. We'll continue, O oh God, to be who you call us to be, created us to be. And we will do these things, O oh God, lovingly. Because at the end of the day, O oh God, who can't love a God like you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the depths of our hearts, we say thank you. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let me read that passage of scripture again, beloved. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. And here's how it reads in the New Revised Standard Version. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel that seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Amen. Amen, beloved. Can you see that? I want this morning to just briefly speak from this thought, simple yet true. God is not through with me yet. God is not through with me yet. I know for many of us that title can resonate because the truth is many of us who have a past and hope to have a future believe deep in our hearts that God is not through with us yet. I grew up in the small community on Long Island and the church I grew up in was the first United Methodist Church of Roosevelt, New York. So much of what I now know <clears throat> were seeds planted in me, not just by the pastor, but by that community of believers that gathered in that church. And I now, as I got older, I realized how many and how much those seeds came to fruition. It's amazing the things you remember from experiences as a child that come to fruition at the strangest moments. I remember being in college and visiting a church, and it was a church that was very traditional, and they sang hymns and anthems. And what was amazing to my surprise that day when I visited that church, as, my, as a freshman, I believe, they were singing hymns. And what blew my mind at 18 years old is that as I, they were singing the hymns, I knew every word to every hymn. What I didn't realize at that moment is that as a child growing up in that little church, seeds were being planted, but I remembered everything I heard and much of what I had to learn to read from the hymn book. There was a hymn I heard sung in that small church on Long Island in New York that resonated with me at certain points of my life. The points of my life that this hymn resonated with me were times that, well, I didn't feel too good about myself. 
times where I wondered, could I evolve to become a better person? Times where I was struggling with my identity and struggling with who I was and who God desired me to be. And it's amazing in those moments of internal turmoil and struggle, how I found myself reflecting on this one hymn that always came alive in those moments. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Those words are profound when you think about them because although we would love to think about the part of that hymn that says, thou art the potter and I am the clay, I was always moved by the last line of that first verse. While I am waiting, here's the key, yielded and still yielded before God, submitting before God, surrendering before God. While I am waiting, yielded God, have your way in my role while you are having your way in my life is to yield to that space because I know, God, you are still working on my life. Those words give birth to hope in many ways. And maybe that's why in those moments of internal wrestling and rumbling and confusion, that hymn came to mind. Maybe that's why in those moments where I felt confused and a little lost and a little misguided, those words came to memory because it reminded me that one, God was the potter, and two, I am the clay, and three, God is in the molding business, and four, in order to participate fully in what God is constructing, my responsibility, my role, my work is to yield myself before God. In Isaiah 45, it is almost as if there's a response to Jeremiah 18, but Isaiah 45 is interesting. Whenever you get a chance, you check it out, because in Isaiah 45, the prophet raised this question, does the clay look to the potter and say, make me like this? Or does the clay look to the potter and say, do this with me? No, the clay is at the hands of the potter, and it is in the mind of the potter what is being constructed. This is an amazing text, Jeremiah 18, because here it is, God communicating to the prophet Jeremiah. Because in 17, God communicates God's displeasure with Israel for disobedience, not honoring God's uh, directives. And here in 18, God is reminding Israel through the prophet that I am the potter. He tells Jeremiah, go on down to the potter's house. I love this scene. Go down to the potter's house and observe, because there in the potter's house, you will observe that I am many things, Jeremiah. Yes, I am sovereign, and yes, I am God, and yes, I am powerful, and yes, I, I, I am transcendent, but I'm also, Jeremiah, an artist. Just like the potter is an artist constructing and making, giving birth to what is in the mind of the artist, God said, that is a role I play. Not just sovereign, not just God, not just powerful, not just transcendent. But I have this capacity, Jeremiah, to be artistic. And oh, we all stand as a manifestation of God's creativity. All of us, in some unique and powerful ways, are manifestations of the creativity of God. Not God the Father, or God the Mother, or God the Creator, but God the Artist. 
who is shaping even right now. Look at this scene. And, and, and there's just a few things I want, I want to just raise in this moment. I alluded to it in Isaiah 45. The clay cannot make demands of the potter as to what the clay wants to be. I hope you can hear this. The clay is yielded before the potter and what the clay becomes is based on the artistic imagination of the potter. Can you imagine this is what God tells Jeremiah to learn? Go down to the potter's house. And you'll learn something else about me. That all of us are like the clay on that potter's wheel. But if you look at the scene, it says so much more just beyond the fact that we're clay and beyond the fact that God is a potter. But if you know anything about a potter's wheel, part of what makes the construction possible is that the wheel is always moving, always turning. You, the clay, are always on the wheel waiting to be crafted into something, always in movement. And here you are, inanimate clay, yielding to the creativity and the mind of the potter and always moving. And what helps shape the clay is the pressure of the hands of the potter against the centri cent centrical force of that clay being turned around. They call it centrifugal force, that as the clay is being turned, what helps mold is not the turning, but the pressure while the clay is moving. I hope you get that, that the clay is not still because it's sitting on the wheel that is constantly in motion. And it might seem, you'll get this later, it might seem like the clay is constantly just going in circles. But the only way you understand what God is doing is the pressure being put on the clay by the potter helps give it shape. I hope you catch that, beloved that somehow there are times in our lives we feel as though just like the clay on the potter's wheel, like we are going in circles with no destination, constantly moving but going nowhere. It seems like we're simply repeating patterns and repeating mistakes and repeating habits, but the only thing that makes the difference in that repetitive cycle is the pressure by the potter that begins to shape us. I hope you catch that, beloved. And sometimes we don't want to hear this, but what helps us become what we need to become is the pressure, not from circumstances, because that's a different kind of pressure. But this scene in Jeremiah says that the pressure comes from being in the hands of the potter. I love that scene. Here, as Jeremiah is observing the pot and the clay, a few things more that are, that are brought out. In that moment, here's what it says, and this is maybe the one that some folk may not like. I don't know. I know, you know, I'm not opposed to a little controversy, I guess. But, but, but what's interesting in this scene, <laughs> beloved, is this, that while, while the potter is molding, what Jeremiah observes is that some of the clay, it says in the NRSV, is spoiled or has defects or has flaws or problems or issues. Watch this. While still in the hands of the potter. I hope you catch that. I hope you can catch that. Because we might think if we're in the hands of the potter that we will be perfection. No. The potter notices that some clay got issues and some clay has damage and some clay has, 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 has things that prevent it from fully being what it needs to be. But watch this. Watch what the potter does. The potter does not discard the clay because it has issues. The potter does not discard the clay because it is flawed. 
At the end of the day, we all bear flaws and we all have issues and we all have struggles, but that does not disqualify us from being under the hand of the potter. But can I go a little deeper? Here's the issue. It does also say that it's possible to be flawed and still in his hands. Well, I hope you get that today, that you can be flawed and still in God's hands. Don't let anybody make you think that because you say you follow God and you may be a believer, that means all of a sudden you instantaneously become a perfect specimen of what it means to follow God. No, there's a whole lot of us this morning who can testify that God has been molding, God has been working, but I haven't always given God the best substance to work with, that I had to come to God. And here it is, that some folk will make us think, Deacon King, that in order to be used by God, you already got to be fixed. That you already got to be perfect. You already got to have things together. No, if my God needs me to be right before I enter his hands, it ain't me that has the issue. It's that idea of God. But I need a God who can take me in my most miserable moments, in my worst state, and still decide, you know what? I'm not going to throw him away. That's what the text says. That when God, the potter, sees that something is wrong, what does he do? He starts all over again and begins to reshape it into something. I hope some of y'all can hear that this morning because I am glad that I have a relationship with a God who, when I may do something problematic, doesn't discard me. I have people who've discarded me. We all know people who discarded us, who wanted to metaphorically and sometimes literally throw us away. Because we didn't live up to expectations. We weren't who they thought we should be. And it is amazing that people who discard us while we are being worked on never get to see what we become. Can I put it to you this way? There are some folk who may have dismissed you too early. There are some folk who may have disregarded you too early. Because they thought you were supposed to be at arrival when you were still on the journey. And that arrival mentality is dangerous because some folk come to you thinking you're already supposed to be who you need to be. And that's when you got to remind some folk, no, no, I'm not there yet. No, I'm not fully arrived yet. I'm not fully who God wants me to be yet. But guess what? I'm still on the potter's wheel. I wish I had somebody in who can testify. I'm still on the potter's wheel, which means that God is still working with me. Can I say something else about that? If God does not throw me away because I'm a little damaged, a little flawed, a little messed up, what does that mean? That means that no matter what my state, I'm still usable by God. Well, I hope somebody gets that today. Still usable. That might be need, that might need to be someone's mantra for the rest of the week. That when things come your way, or when people begin to critique you because of your issues, maybe you just need to whisper to them, I'm still usable, that, that God can still do great things with me. I've not yet arrived, but thank God that I'm not on your wheel. I'm on God's wheel. I hope you catch that. Thank God I'm not in your hands. I'm in God's hands. Aren't you glad that your destiny is not shaped by flawed hands of people who don't even know how to hold themselves, let alone try to hold you? Aren't you glad that who you are is not dependent on not your moldability, but their molding skills? No, I'm on the potter's wheel, and the wheel I'm on is shaped by God. That is at the heart of this message. Sophia Bush, 
has a line, a quote that is often referenced, but one of the most powerful quotes that I've heard in relation to this idea. She said this, and, and beloved, I can be done after this. She said, you are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. I hope you get that. You are allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously at the same time. Unfinished, but still amazing. Flawed, but still powerful. Damaged, but still mind-blowing in your giftedness. That is who you're allowed to be. Don't let anyone make you believe that just because you are in progress, you're not already amazing. In fact, use the language of Sophia Bush. When was the last time you told somebody who tried to critique you because they knew your issues, you know what? I'm still a masterpiece. No matter how you try to figure it out, I'm still a masterpiece. Have you ever used that language to refer to yourself? When was the last time you told somebody, you know what? I'm a masterpiece on the potter's wheel. And they said, what do you mean on the potter's wheel? Masterpieces are finished. No, I can be both. Still being worked on and still mind-blowing. Still being worked on is still a masterpiece. That's the mentality you have to have. Why? Because God is not through with me yet. That ought to be the sound you, uh, it ought to be the declaration you make resoundingly. God is not through with me yet. Which means what? As long as I'm breathing, I'm filled with possibility. As long as I'm alive, it does not yet appear what I shall be. As long as I continue to yield myself, submit myself to the potter, it does not yet appear what I shall be. And somebody this morning needs to know that. Don't let people hold you captive to who you are while you're still being worked on. Don't let people make you think that you're not worthy because you're a little damaged, that you're not worthy because you're a little flawed, that you're not worthy because you got some things you're trying to work out. No, tell them, murky and all, muddy and all, damaged and all, messed up and all, flawed and all, issues and all, still a masterpiece. Still a masterpiece. Maybe that's the word. Why? Because I'm allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. At the same time that God can be working on me but I'm still beautiful in God's eyes. That is something, beloved, you need to never forget. I'm so glad that the potter's hands have not left me. I'm so glad that at the right times, the potter has known how to apply the right pressure to help mold me into what I need to be. And can I tell you this? What I learned is that when, when, when pottery is made, and in Jeremiah's time, everything was done from clay, jars, and even tiles used. And 
And the only way you get the fixed item is when the thing that is made is then fired, they call it, burned. When you put it in the fire, then it settles in its identity. And I, and I wondered when I read this passage, why it said nothing about that. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that could be good, too, that, that God could make me and set me with an identity. And I learned this a long time ago. I remember saying here at CBC, sometimes when we think God has made us this one thing, we may have a problem when God wants to shift us into something else. It's like, it's like if you're on the potter's wheel and God made you into a cup. And you didn't want to be a cup. You, you didn't want to be a cup. And then the day came that you got, you got cool with your cupness. And just when you got satisfied with your cupness, then God said, uh-uh, I'm about to break you. Use that clay again. I'm going to make you a plate now. You can't be so attached to being the cup that you're not willing to become the plate. In other words, God can shift you. But that image is not given here. It says nothing about being fired upon. It is the state where the clay is always, well, the water is always there. That means that it's the molding stage. God tells Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house to see what the potter's doing, and he never says, look at the finished product. Why? Because as long as you're on God's wheel, you're always moldable into what God wants you to be. That's the key, that God can mold you. And what I love about that is that there are moments where I have no idea why God is putting this kind of pressure on me. Boy, you got to hear that for a second. You ever been in that position when you didn't understand why so much pressure? Why so much weight? Why so much pain? Why so much hurt? Sometimes you have no idea what God is molding, what God is making. But that's why that song is powerful. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after your will is your part while I am waiting yielded and still wait yield be still I'm going to say it again wait yield be still patience Submission, peace. Have your way, God. Maybe that's your prayer today, God. Have your way in my life. And I'm so glad that you are not through with me yet.
Come on, beloved, let's, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, oh God. And there's so many things right now we can thank you for. But right now, oh God, we want to thank you for never giving up on us. My God. Because if you live long enough, you'll see people walk away from you. If you live long enough, you'll know what heartbreak and heartache feel like. If you live long enough, you'll experience pain that you never saw coming and hurt you never believed could be real. But the good news is, oh God, that even in those painful moments and those hurt-filled days, still on your wheel, still being molded, God, thank you for never taking your hands off of us. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because God, even like that song, you know, you know the part of us we don't want people to see. You know the sides of us we're ashamed of. And yet you're not afraid to make us over. God, thank you. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. We say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.